Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Hello, Firecrackers, and welcome to a new episode of The Honest Uproar. Our guest today is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Very well, thank you. So, Michelle, could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're from. Sure. So, well, I often say I'm from everywhere because I've grown up everywhere. Uh, But currently, I actually live in Southern California and I am uh, in my mid 40s and a new business owner. Awesome. What type of business do you own? So I recently founded a financial wellness consulting and money coaching business called Shake Your Money Tree. Mm -hmm. And I I founded it mostly because I realized in my previous corporate life and working with employees of organizations that personal finances really are indeed 20% knowledge and 80% behavior. You might know what to do with your money, but it's the how that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to help individuals really achieve some clarity and confidence with their money so that they can, you know, enjoy a a great life now, but also with an eye on the future, because a lot of us are staring down retirement with not a lot in savings. And uh, so rather than focusing on financial planning, I wanted to help people with their day-to-day finances, making sure that I can help them make positive, healthy decisions with their money to release some of that uncertainty, the the feelings of, you know, being overwhelmed, out of control. So just helping build those knowledge and skills and habits around money management. Wow. And what do you find is the most common thing that people uh, do with their money that doesn't let them have like full control over it? They're not intentional. They just the money comes in, the money goes out, and they wonder on a monthly basis, why can't I save for a vacation? Why can't I put more money aside for my retirement? You know, where is my money going? And unless you really are very purposeful with the dollars that you have coming in, uh, being grateful for the money that you make, and that's reflected back in how you spend it and what your values are around the money that you have coming in and the money that's going out. So intentionality is probably the number one focus that I initially work on with my clients. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting. How long uh, have you had uh, Shake Your Money Tree for uh, now? Yeah, a little bit less than a year. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a new, an adventure. New venture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been a, a crazy whirlwind experience moving into entrepreneurship, I will tell you. It's a whole different world out there. Yeah, that's for sure. Is this your first business, basically? It You've is. Always, okay, so you had been like in the corporate employed before. Yeah, I was in the corporate world for over 20, almost 25 years Mm -hmm. uh, working in the employee benefits industry, uh, working with corporate clients, HR, human resources uh, personnel to bring you know, wellness classes, initiatives to their employees and helping them manage their benefit programs. So this was an easy offshoot of what I was doing. But, you know, when you do it all on your own and this whole online world that we live in today, it's a, a deep, deep learning experience, but it's been extremely gratifying. 
Yeah. A lot of fun to do. I can imagine. So what motivated you to start your own business? Uh, truthfully, I didn't want to wake up 10 years from now and be obsolete in my career. So I wanted an exit strategy and I wanted to be in complete control of my future, my financial future. And, you know, being in my mid forties, I'm looking at retirement, uh, you know, 15 years down the road and want to make sure that I have enough money to be in a great position when that time comes. And I don't want to be out of work and struggling. So a little bit of that bag lady syndrome coming in. <laughs> I want to be in control of my life and I don't want to have that, you know, risk of losing everything. I, I definitely want to make sure that I put myself in a good financial position. And obviously we want to help others get to that point as well. Yeah, that's really valuable. So what do you spend your money on? Uh, my dogs. <laughs> Obviously. I, yeah, I, I call my dogs my kids because I don't have kids of my own. I have five nephews and I always say, you know, they keep me on my toes enough to where I don't have to have kids of my own. Mm -hmm. um, and so my dogs really actually do take quite a bit of my, my time and money. But aside from that, obviously, you know, trying to take vacations when I can, I've been investing in this business to, you know, of course, help grow it through, you know, networking groups and that sort of thing. Um, you know, different tools that you have to invest in to, to grow a business. So it's, yeah, that's pretty much where a lot of my money is going these days <laughs> besides trying to save it. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. If you, you're a money, man, a money manager, so of course you would be saving. <laughs> you have the dogs because dogs are expensive, but you know, they're worth it, I would say. It depends on what you're doing with them, but you know, I, my dogs are extremely spoiled, so mm. we'll figure, you know. Yeah, no, mine is too. I, I buy, like he has clothes that are more expensive than mine, so I completely <laughs> <understand>. <laughs> where you're coming from, but hey. You know, take care of our pets. Um, so let's touch base a little bit on the child-free uh, lifestyle. So this is yeah. a decision that you made consciously or was it just, uh, you know, life? I would say I realized I didn't want to have kids after my sister started having kids. That's really where it came into play. I saw so much of herself that she had to give out to these little ones. And obviously it's, you know, extremely commendable. Um, but it just, it really highlighted for me that I just simply did not want that anymore. Uh, I, I used to want kids when I was in my twenties, but as time went on, it just never happened. And now I just, I know I don't want kids of my own and I'm quite happy just being a cool auntie. Um, so what type of things did you see your sister give up that you wouldn't give up for anything? She just invested so much of her mental energy. In fact, she says this a lot. The cleaning up after the kids, the making sure that they're fed and clothed and all of that is the easy part. It's the getting them to do what she needs them to do, like brush their teeth, take a, you know, a bath, get themselves dressed in the morning. And it's the repetitiveness of asking the kids to do what she asked them to do the first time. And I think every mother can understand that, right? Uh, that's really what gets to parents the most. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the resiliency of parents is, you know, crucial that they have to be able to get through, especially the early years of childhood, where it is just physically taxing. My sister has kids ranging from 11 years all the way to a newborn. Wow. And 
Yeah. And two of them are within a year of each other. So she's got, you know, the youngest that's a new six months old now, and then, you know, an 18 month old. And so that's really getting to her (laughs) as, especially now that she's a little bit older, you know, and already has the three other kids that she's taxiing around and making sure that they get attention as well. Yeah, of course. I can only imagine Um, So since you're child-free and you have your own business, I can imagine you you have your own hours set, like you do your own schedule, you organize your time. Um, What do you do in your spare time? Mm-hmm. Uh, what spare time? I don't have any spare time. <laughs> I, I, all my spare time is going to building this business. No. So, uh, <laughs> I actually dote on my dogs, of course. Uh, I do try to fit in playing volleyball quite a bit when I, when I am around and in town. Um, obviously spending time with my family, you know, I have a very close relationship with my sister. Therefore I'm, you know, with her and the kids, you know, quite a bit, uh, you know, have friends that I spend time with, um, you know, trying to date here and there when I can, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that's a whole other side of life that befuddles me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Dating is just, you know, the older you get, the more uh, sure of yourself you become, I think. And you just don't put up with the stuff that you put up with when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, you can meet someone and know almost instantaneously whether or not you have a connection with them, whether or not you can see yourself, you know, spending more time with them. And uh, so unless you meet someone in person, you know, right off the bat where you know that there's some chemistry there, it's really hard with the online dating to know whether or not that that's there when you, you know, just see a picture of someone. So there's a lot of that you meet and you either know or you don't, you know, you know that it's going to move forward or it's not with a potential second date. And so it's a lot of weeding out. Mm, yeah. You weed a lot of people out. So I, I call it my wintertime sport, actually. <laughs> okay. You know, it really does feel like it's a sport sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, I know the dating scene can be a little bit hard, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because um, nowadays, I think that uh, men that haven't committed in a relationship at this point, it's because they really don't want to commit to any relationship, you know, in their lives. I mean, it's it's hard to find a guy that wants to like build something with someone else if they haven't, you know, been married by the time they're 40. Yes. Either that or, or somebody has been married for 25 years, comes out of a divorce and, you know, jumps right back into Mm -hmm. another relationship and nobody wants to be a rebound girl, right? No, nobody wants that. (laughs) How do you feel about dating men that have children from their past relationships? Oh, yeah. You know, that's an interesting question because I typically do not meet men that have young children, I will say. Mm -hmm. Most of them have either not had children at all or their children are, you know, older and out of the house now at this point in time. Okay. So I haven't really had to deal with that. But with that being said... Would I date someone who has, you know, younger children? I absolutely would if it was the right person. You know, I wouldn't say I would discount that. Uh, It wouldn't be my ideal situation, but, you know, you you fall in love with who you fall in love with. And if they have kids, they have kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's very, uh, that's very respectable point of view. And actually it's uncommon to hear someone from the child-free community, uh, say something like that, you know, be open to that because usually people will be like, nah, 
if he has a kid, I don't care how old the kid is. Like, mm-hmm, there's no mm-hmm. way I'm going to become someone's stepmom, you yeah, know? And yeah. Well, you know, I think I come at it from a little bit of a different perspective because each of my parents was married three times. Mm-hmm. So I was the stepchild. And, you know, the last thing that I would want is to be involved in a relationship with a man and not embrace his children because I've been that child. And I, you know, even to this day, have very close relationships with my stepmother. And so, you know, there's a benefit to that of being a step parent where, you know, you can have some interaction, but you're not the only person who is parenting, you know, Mm -hmm. that child. So I think it really actually is more dependent on the relationship with the ex. If there is an ex in the picture, you know, obviously there could be a parent that, you know, passes away or or something along those lines. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't see that as, you know, a full-time sort of engagement. Okay. Understood. Um, Now talking a little bit more about uh, romantic relationships and just in general dating, what do you feel you've, like, do you feel that you've struggled with anything in particular? I'm talking about like, your whole life, mm-hmm. <laughs> not recently, but your whole life. Is there anything that just like jumps out? Well, look, we all, I think, have, you know, struggles with different relationships, whether you're in a relationship, whether it's, you know, for a long period of time or a short period of time, we all carry our own internal baggage. I think, you know, where I've struggled the most is really just simply meeting somebody at the right time for both of us. Mm-hmm. just never has seemed to be good timing for one reason or another to continue a relationship, you know, past a certain point. Okay. I, I'll say I've been engaged twice and I backed out of it twice wow. uh, for two different reasons. One, the first time I was just way too young. It was not a great time in my life to get married and people, you know, thank goodness, talked me out of it. Mm-hmm. And then the second time, uh, there were some things in which the relationship, uh, you know, it highlighted in our premarital counseling that we went through that I had to step back and go, you know what? I don't think this is something that I really want to be dealing with 10 years down the road. Mm-hmm. And looking back, that was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. You listened to your gut and you acted mm-hmm. upon it. And yeah. Yeah. Usually yeah. our gut is right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would rather never be married and, you know, have that kind of a situation than get married and, you know, have to go through the whole divorce process and, and all that that entails. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've never been married myself, but I've seen a lot of women around me to get divorces and it's usually not pretty. Uh, it's usually, you know, they all say like, you never know who your husband is until you divorce him. And, uh, sometimes you just, you know, hear all these horror stories and you're like, what? He's to love this man. You know, like, how does that even happen? Well, you know, it's interesting because all of my relationships, well, I shouldn't say all, you know, 90% of the relationships that I had had over the course of my lifetime, I stayed friends with them. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I think there's something to be said about the maturity level of both individuals, obviously, whether or not there was, you know, infidelity or whatever the case may be. Um, But, you know, for the most part, I will say I've had fairly good relationships Mm -hmm. in my lifetime. So, you know, there's, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a lot better than having shitty relationships all of your lifetime. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You're listening to The Honest Uproar, 
a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. Um, okay, Michelle, can you tell me what type of friends do you surround yourself with? Well, I can say, you know, most of my friends these days, they have kids. And, you know, it, it's so interesting when, you know, you're trying to coordinate getting together with them. Because, you know, if they have one child, they can probably get away pretty easily, you know, still go out for a happy hour once in a while. But, you know, it's funny because I was trying to plan a get together with this group of friends that, you know, we had been friends for a number of years before they all started having kids. And, just trying to coordinate all four of us to get together for just two hours was like herding cats. <laughs> you know, it's darn near impossible. And, you know, the sad thing is, is that, you know, you grow with a group of friends, they all start having the kids. And now they all get to hang out with each other because they get to hang out with them and their kids. They don't think about inviting you to just come and hang out with them in those situations. So, you know, you have this group of friends and then all of a sudden you're sort of left out and they don't intend to hurt you, but it happens, you know, where you are not invited to the same things that you used to be invited to. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's become a little bit harder. Um, I do try to go out and, you know, go to networking meetings or, you know, play volleyball and, and try to meet new friends. Uh, but at a certain age, you know, that becomes a little bit harder mm -hmm. to do. So I don't know. I mean, have you experienced that same thing? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, all my friends have kids and well, not all, I would say most of my friends have kids and getting to meet up with them is really hard. And, and sometimes I get these looks when I suggest things like, you know, get a babysitter or things like, they just look at me like I'm from another planet and they go, well, no, you'll understand when you have children. And I'm always like, I'm not going to have kids. <laughs> like, I still have the idea that I might someday just like magically, you know, come to them and say, you know what, I decided to become pregnant when really not. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, right now like, I have a couple of friends. They're not child-free, but they are—they don't have children, so they're childless. Mm -hmm. uh, I hang out—I hang out more with them because we have a lot more in common. I would say nowadays. I remember when my friends just started to have kids, so maybe what eight, seven years ago, more or less. Um, we would meet up sometimes because you know we left the kid with the husband, you know, go out for mm -hmm. just for mm -hmm. a little bit. And all they talked about was kids. It was like, <laughs> oh, I've so been God. there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Yes. So, so what type of diapers are you using and the formula? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just sipping my cocktail in the corner, just going, yeah, you know, I'm just sticking with my dog. You know, it's just. Oh, I so hear you on that. You, you know, and, and because my sister has kids, I can interject in the conversations. Do I want to talk about kids? No, I don't. Uh, but, you know, you sort of try to meet your friends where they are at a certain point. But if it is a one-sided, you know, relationship, it gets a little, little more difficult. Yeah. to continue, you know, that interaction with those individuals. It, it is hard, you know, and I always joke, I should have had a baby shower when I adopted my dogs because I can't <laughs> tell you how many baby showers I've been to and the yeah. money that I have spent, you know, on baby stuff. And, you know, of course I love taking my nephews out. It's like, I don't, that doesn't matter to me, but I really should have had a baby shower when I adopted them yeah, because yeah. I would have at least gotten something For out of sure. this. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You know, 
time I read this story, um, I can't remember where it was. Uh, I think it was on Facebook or something. So this lady, she went through with the, um, I can't remember if it was a salpingectomy or he, she just, you know, she went through her, just taking her uretus out or whatever operation sure. and her yeah. yeah or something of the sort i can't remember exactly but in any case child-free woman mm-hmm. and her friends decided to throw her uh, a shower of you know you're never having kids shower and i thought that was so I cool that. you know awesome. i was like yeah. i need that in my life and then i'll ask for like wine bottles and <laughs> and, yeah. and cash yeah. to go on vacation and you know yeah absolutely no i hear you sister man that's been the di- most difficult thing i think you know when you're in your 20s 30s it's all about the weddings you know you go to all the weddings and you spend all the money on the bridesmaids dresses or the gifts or the travel or you know whatever it is and then the next step is you know everybody starts having kids and then you invest in all of that and so uh you know down the road you sort of go wait a minute what about about me. I didn't get anything out of this whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, then you meet different friends, I suppose, and have different experiences. Like I have a girlfriend of mine who she is, you know, she doesn't have children anymore, you know, still doesn't have children. And so once a year, you know, we do a girl's trip and that's awesome. Like I just love it. Uh, but I had been wanting to go, I wanted to travel to Europe and go to the Mediterranean. And I had wanted to do that probably for five years. And I couldn't get a single friend to go. It was either I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I'm getting married, I have a child now, you know, whatever the case is. So I said, screw it, I'm just going to go by myself. Yeah. So I found a singles travelers group online and I signed up and went, you know, on the vacation by myself with a bunch of other single travelers and, you know, met some fantastic people and had a great time and, you know, built up the memories, but I didn't do it with a single person I knew. Yeah. <laughs> so- that happens. No. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> I, you know, you got to take life by the horns and yeah. do the things that you want to do without, you know, waiting for a man or waiting for, you know, a friend to go or, or whatever the case is. Yeah, so. absolutely. So I'm going to go out in Olympia and, uh, and say that you don't have child-free friends, a lot of them, or do you have any yeah, child-free no. friends? Not I have a few maybe one or two, but they don't live close by anymore. So yeah. So that makes it hard, you know, when you can't just call somebody up and say, Hey, what are you doing tonight? Let's go grab a drink. Yeah. You know, you just can't, like, I have a friend who um, lives, you know, an hour away from me. I have another friend that's 40 minutes away from me, another friend that's two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're single. They either have grown children or, you know, children that are old enough to be able to watch themselves or, or whatever the case is. But not as easy to get together anymore. No, I think moms lose all sp- spontaneity. Uh, I mean, they are not. Yeah, yeah they just yeah, lose it yeah. completely. Well, it's hard, you know. They especially if they have to get a babysitter, they you know have mm-hmm. to plan around it. So yeah, I understand. You know, I I don't hold it against them. No, we don't. We love them. We love your kids, yeah, but we love absolutely. our. We also love our freedom. I love my sleep. That's what I love. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. absolutely. I I can hear you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's go back to you. And um, I want to ask you something that for me, it's like super important. And it is, can you tell us about a time in which you felt complete and deep satisfaction for something that you achieved? Anything at all? Well, I have always been one to take action and just dive into things. So (laughs) I don't really want to highlight just, you know, one specific achievement because I think the fact that 
I'm tenacious is probably my biggest forte. I just don't give up until I figure things out. And so when I look at, you know, the deep satisfaction level, that's really what came to mind first when you were asking this question. Uh, which I think has served me very well over time. And it really is the, the overarching theme of my life is I just never give up on, on stuff if I at all am interested in continuing with it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you're like very yeah. driven, basically. Yeah, it could be something as simple as fixing the freaking blender. <laughs> because I want this smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> it was not working. And I'm like, I am going to figure out why this is not working because I want a smoothie right now. <laughs> so, you know, just think tenacity really, I think, is the and, best. And focus too. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, some people just get very distracted. Oh, well, don't get me wrong. I definitely have shiny object syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody has that at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. And um, how is your relationship with yourself? Like, how do you feel about yourself now at this point of your life? Uh, I would say, well, relative to my life in general, I'm quite happy. I love the work that I'm doing. I feel like I have, you know, a little bit of balance. At least I try to, you know, get away from my desk and go out and get the walks in and be outside in nature and, and all of that. So, you know, we all have insecurities, right? So it, the wrinkles are forming, the grays are popping out, you know, all of that. Uh, but I've also come to realize, you know, I'm not the ugliest thing on this planet. So I'm okay with myself and where I am at this juncture in my life. And so I would say, you know, my confidence level is pretty darn high. But I'm also humbled on a daily basis by the things that I'm, you know, trying to accomplish. And, you know, there's a bit of imposter syndrome that I go through, especially as I grow my business. You know, mm -hmm. I know what the heck I'm doing, but dang, it's hard when I see others, you know, doing it, doing it better than I am. So there's, you know, there's always a little bit of that. Yeah. But in general, I'm pretty happy. Okay. Well, that's good. Um I also I hear you say, you know, you're feeling confident. Uh, so you use the word confidence. Would you say that self-confidence is related to self-esteem somehow? Oh boy, that is a huge question. I think there is a difference in that self-esteem is more, ha I apologize, my dogs are barking. <laughs> uh, the self-esteem is really, I lost my train of thought, but it's how you hold your internal self to your values, right? Whereas self-confidence is more, I think, how you project yourself to the outer world. So I believe that there's a correlation between the two because if you don't hold personal values, then you can't really project a confident self, right? So I think the two go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Okay. I always like to ask that question because uh, I think everyone has like a different point of view regarding these two. Mm. Um, so if we were to measure your self-esteem, not your self-confidence, but your self-esteem today on a scale from one to 10, where would you place yourself on that scale? Uh, probably an eight or a nine. Oh, that's right? pretty good. Yeah, I think that comes with age. And if I can be so bold, just not giving a damn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Really, it, 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 they say that as women get older, you, you release a lot of the self-conscious the self behaviors, right? Because you become more sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you can walk through life and say, you know what? I've gotten here by my own grit 
by the things that I have done and, you know, screw everyone. If you don't like me, then that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And and so I think that's where my self-esteem really is coming from at this point is just saying, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. That's good. Do you think that, you know, the decision of being child-free ties in with your self-esteem somehow? Ah, that's interesting. I do to a certain extent. Uh, And the reason I say that is because I think that for the right person, self-esteem can come from what they put out to their children, right? The benefits of seeing them grow and and being a part of that growth. Uh, But for me, I think I would have had the same level of self-esteem whether I had kids or not. But I chose to go down the route of being a more, uh, uh, you know, corporate bound, business oriented than say my sister who really relishes in being a parent. Mm-hmm. She loves it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she may not have decided to go down that path if she couldn't have had kids, but you know, she did. And yeah. We all have our paths in life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely true. Um, Okay, now before I let you go, do you think or not think, but uh, do you do any activities or do you have any practices that you have, uh, you know, tied in with your or included in your daily routine that you do to or that help you increase your self-esteem and your self-confidence? I work. I work (laughs) real hard. (laughs) I I am always you know, reading or listening or watching, you know, what, and I hate the word self-help, but really it's more self-improvement, mm-hmm. you know, podcasts, books, videos, whatever it is, I am constantly in learning mode, which I think that when you are in that type of mode, you can't help but increase your self-esteem, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you sort of stop the comparison game. If you stop the comparison I, I, I game, I should say, that helps as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, on a daily basis, it's, it is always, you know, a struggle to say the, the affirmations, the I'm worthy, the, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm still single at, you know, in my mid forties and and no kids, I chose to go down a different path and I'm okay with that. I wasn't always right. There was at a point in time, uh, that comparison game that came out. But Mm -hmm. at this point in time, I just work really hard on myself and being okay with myself. And I think that that, if anybody can do that, they'll be in a much better position. Mm, Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, self-care is vital and uh i hear i mean i hear you talk and it seems that you do it very well so kudos i try thank you (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome it it never stops it never stops and it it never should yeah we should always be evolving creatures and especially as women you know we take on so much that it's especially important no matter whether you're a parent or or not that you (laughs) you know take time for yourself and figure out what makes yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Michelle, is there anything you would like to add before I let you go for today? No, this has been really fun. I am so glad that we got to have this conversation. And, you know, I wish you all the best in this podcast venture. 
Thank you. Yeah, it was that's very a great undertaking. <laughs> yes, I'm actually really excited about it because uh, I've always wanted to be a radio host and I never got around doing it. So now I have my own podcast show. <laughs> well, you have the voice for it. So keep it up. It's awesome. <laughs> thank you so much, Michelle. And thank you so much for your time and being here. It's been a pleasure. Very I will welcome. leave our uh, listeners, Michelle's uh, Shake Your Money Tree website is the link. I'm going to leave it on this website in case you want to go and check it out. And uh, thanks again. And I will be speaking soon. Awesome. You have a good one. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.